0: Great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Melissa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested
1: in events and marketing.
2: Hello, everyone. What is going on in the wide, wide world of events? I'm Rachel, and you're tuning in to Great Events Podcast. Today, I'm without my lovely co-hosts, Alyssa and Paulina, but I am joined with some c rock stars. Before I introduce our fabulous guests, I want to tee up what we're going to be talking about today. So, we are on the heels of our industry's epic return of IMEX Frankfurt. And this show has been uh, in, in hiatus since 2019, and it came back with a vengeance this year. And both my guests were at IMEX, so they're going to give a little bit of an overview of their experience and, and what kind of trends they're seeing. But if you're not familiar with IMEX Frankfurt, it is a badass industry show, a huge show for hospitality and events professionals globally. It had over 11,000 attendees roughly, and over a hundred countries represented this year. So if you have attended before, I highly recommend it because it's uh, you know if you're actively sourcing RFPs or doing business globally or just generally want to reconnect with the industry and meet a ton of awesome suppliers and buyers in events. I recommend attending so today i have the pleasure of bringing a few of our very own sea venters here who are at imax frankfurt and experience the return of this event themselves so i'd love for you to introduce yourselves karen uh, let's start with you share your role your uh role with imax and maybe a fun fact
0: i am director of enterprise marketing for europe and this was my my maiden voyage at imax so a lot of what i was doing there this time was just supporting the whole team did a little press action. It was just really interesting to get in there after not having been at a big trade show in probably 10 or 15 years of something of this size. So my fun fact was just getting back into this and that energy of being on a show floor, which is something I've loved for my entire career. Awesome. Jamie, I'm going to kick it to you.
1: So Jamie Vaughn, I'm European Vice President of Sales. So obviously my responsibility at IMAX is to make the most of a trade show. I love IMAX. You you failed to cover one point, Rach, which is this was the 20th year of IMAX. So it was actually a celebration of IMAX. And IMAX always got it right, okay? And then COVID came along and it just decimated what everyone always did and I'm delighted and we'll go in detail later but I'm delighted they, they found that secret sauce skin that magic ingredient and it was a great great event fun fact wow, well, uh, about anything so not at this IMEX but at a previous event now when, when my hair's a bit scruffy and I'm clean shaven I've been mistaken for Gordon Ramsay before which I'm not quite <laughs> sure it's a good thing or not it's just certainly fun and at, at, at an event which I'm not going to name a couple of ladies actually I played along and let them take a selfie of me <laughs> with them both pretending i was Gordon around did
2: you start yelling at them after that
1: <laughs> hey, well i'm not going to curse on this on this particular podcast but i am known for a bit of cursing as well
0: i wasn't thinking about like trade show fun facts i do i do have fun facts about my time at microsoft with having to like go after a certain ceo's shoes when he left them on airplanes that's for another pod <laughs>
2: Well, this is exciting. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the 20 year. I mean, gosh, I've been to IMAX before and it's just such a, I mean, you leave that show. Well, one, you leave exhausted and two, you leave just filled with energy because this industry is just so great. I mean, meeting with meeting with your favorite friends and like people that have become like family over the years, like at, at these shows is I'm sure just great. I'm jealous. I wish I could have been there. So uh, Karen, I know you mentioned this, uh, your first timer at IMAX. How is your first time. I mean, a lot of people have been year over year. I mean, Jamie's a veteran. I'm a veteran. I love hearing from, from the new, the newbies that go to shows like this. What themes are you seeing? How was your first time?
0: So it's funny because I started my career as an event planner and planning trade shows and doing huge shows like in Vegas and stuff like that. And coming over to Europe when I did, I got out of doing that kind of stuff. But one of the things I always love and, and goes a little bit to I don't know really a theme, but what was so amazing was I would say this is because we did a fair number of in-person shows last year, but the energy the, it, there was still that kind of will we go back into a lockdown? What's going on? Hesitancy, how people were feeling, comfort levels. This one didn't feel like that. It really felt like people were there. They were in the room. They were excited to be there. And so for me, for my first time and getting back into a just a large trade show floor, number one. And just getting to know people in the industry, because I've been away from it for a while, that was exciting. Like, the energy was great. Everyone just randomly having conversations in interesting ways. And and because of where we were positioned, which was, frankly, away from some of the other tech players, put us in a unique place to just be able to have a chat with the, the folks from Italy across the way and go over to Canada. And so for me, it was just, it was interesting to see how the industry structures their shows like this to see what that experience looked like and then from a trends perspective to just better understand what was top of mind for people coming into the stand it was returned in person oh my god we have a lot we have to get done for pick particularly for those planners they are just feeling it in how much they need to do and find a good space and all that so there were some good conversations we had there and then the other trends of course around some of those bigger topics like sustainability there was a lot around almost health wellness, which was very interesting to bring into a what would be more of a B2B show. They had areas where you could get away from the noise and, and have conversations about that. And I think that's something since the pandemic that's become almost a critical need. So seeing that brought into what would be a traditionally a, a business conversation. For me, I love getting back in the room with people making sure Jamie was able to sell what he needed to sell and the rest of the folks in the in the stand and and just spending some time outside of the office to learn more about the industry and more about how Cvent can be a player in in that regard.
2: Okay, I'm going to kick it to Jamie. I have, a, I have so much to unpack there. I feel like there's so many great trends that you just mentioned that I want to dig into. But first, Jamie, as a longtime IMAX goer, what was the experience like for you? And maybe give a little bit more to our listeners of if, if they haven't been before, some of the experience on the supplier side versus, you know, us being an exhibitor versus an attendee.
1: I'm going to repeat what Karen said, but I'll extend on a couple of points. I mean, it's, it's, I'm a veteran, as you say, I've been to IMEX, I don't know, seven, eight times. So I've seen, I've seen it grow, grow, and obviously COVID went virtual and then it's it's picked up again. Moreover, we, we've we been exhibiting, I've been going to events now for the last seven, eight months since the UK came out of lockdown. And it's been really interesting to see, how the event industry has got back together. Because at first, it was still quite difficult, quite tough. Travel restrictions made it tough. I'm not going to mention which shows, but we've been to events sh- and shows all over the world, some not in the UK, and they weren't as good. But I w- I'm absolutely thrilled. IMEX was, was reminiscent of 2019. If you think 2019 was the best it's ever been as far as numbers, 2022, I would say numbers are slightly down, but the quality and the experience is well up there. And one would argue that's actually best case scenario because you don't want a room full of tire kickers, right? You want people who actually want to be there, they've got reason to be there, they want to talk to you. So the reality is maybe a slight bit of trimming is actually quite good. So I, I must confess, it was a great, great event makes itself is ultimately traditionally a destination show right so you've got the world coming into a hall where you'll get hosted buyers and you get the mice industry all coming together looking at where they may want to host their events how they host their events what they can add to their events and of course there was a technology slide about seven eight years ago because us guys just bullied ourselves into the industry, and now there was a real theme. And it's lovely to see the tech, the tech side back in in the hall. So, all in all, a great event, reminiscent to the good old days, but maybe even an improvement. As I say, lots and lots of positivity in the room, lots and lots.
2: That's great. And as an exhibitor, I heard you know we had over eight hundred appointments or something crazy. How do you do that? <laughs> how do you go all day and and meet with that many people? Like, how is that? Meetings in our booth and the energy there.
1: Yeah, I mean to be honest, uh, I wouldn't say Stephen, this advice to your to your listeners. We do it right. Forget the Steven do it right. We do it right as an exhibitor. What we do is we spend an awful lot of time and effort building out our mechanism of how we will expi- how we will exhibit before we get on an airplane. So of the hundreds and hundreds of meetings that we had, the majority were booked before we landed in Frankfurt. Right, we're very, very smart. We're a sales-centric business. So we're good at making that happen. So we go to the show, and you could argue the show is actually a logistic. It's a hub for us to meet customers because they're in the same place. We don't go and say, hey, I mix. Do me a solid and get people to see me. We do that as well, and we hope that's going to happen, but we don't rely on that. Totally flip it, and we make sure that we go there with success in our bag. Now, the reality is some people don't show. Things change. Of course, you get that. And then you get a whole plethora of people who just turn up and say hey I want to talk to you which is marvelous but we don't take any risks and this is a a trick to anyone who exhibits make sure that you plan don't just turn up plan everything in advance and just make it work for you
0: yeah and I would add one of the things that that I also think helped us is that you had those kind of things set but then there was a theater structure that was there so for those people that walked up that maybe hadn't heard of this event or didn't realize all that we could do wasn't a set meeting based on how it was going, it could be, and we even had people rocking up going, I saw there was a theater presentation at this time. So that's another tip that I, I think a lot of companies do maybe on the tech side, but I think for a lot of planners, they forget. It's like, how do you bring them in to get that overview of what your company does? And then they can go and have those individual conversations or ask questions in a way with the folks that are around the stand. So it gave us kind of the best of both worlds which is something that I think when you have enough stand space to do, it com- becomes very useful.
2: I'll give a host a buyer perspective, even though I wasn't there. I mean, I've been, you know, a buyer for so many years going to IMAX America and IMAX Frankfurt. And it's just, it's one of those things that you're right, Jamie, you have to like, you have to really schedule things. And there's so much that goes on at IMAX, so much goodness, right? And there's a happy medium because you want to see all the great content that's there. There's obviously all the networking and the parties in booth or outside of conference hours, so like, I feel like when I go, I have to schedule myself to a T, but then you see all these great things like, oh, they're having a, a group presentation at this booth and I didn't have it on my schedule. And you have to kind of, you get there and then you kind of rejigger your schedule a little bit sometimes. That's kind of the name of the game, right? So you're you're texting your contacts, you're seeing someone you haven't seen in five years, so you go hug them and then you're late for the next meeting. But it all kind of works out in this like beautiful I don't know what to call it it's like beautiful chaos of of, of of reconnecting with people
1: and i'm sure it was like even more like that this year well what was interesting really interesting this year rachel because you know hosted by sometimes they're actually they they get worked really hard you say i'm gonna fly i'm gonna play frankfurt but you gotta do 25 meetings you gotta sign off and you don't get lunch until you do five every session of the day and that's that's actually quite hard work they didn't do that this year funnily enough they had schedules be respectful and adhere to them but if something changed something happened it was okay if you went so and it wasn't right for you, you you didn't need to waste their time so they're a little bit loose this year which i think was really really good because I've been to many events where host buyers will run up and say, uh, I, I can just sign my sheet. I've got to go. And you think, well, what's the point of that? We, so we had meetings with people who actually wanted to talk to us so we could spend longer with those people. And I think that was a really, really nice formula. They got the numbers there anyway. I think there were 3,000 host buyers well, I don't know what numbers were. There's a lot of people in addition to the delegates. It was a great number. But a really, really secret key to IMEX is the host-to-buyer program. Works really, really well.
2: It's the secret sauce for sure. I, you know, I remember my first time at IMAX, and and you know, not knocking on IMAX at all because I loved, I loved it. But they saw Cvent on my name badge and were like, No, no, we already have Cvent. Or you know, each hotel was like, Oh, we already, you know, we already work with Cvent. I'm like, No, no, no. I actually plan events for Cvent. It's a very meta thing. But that was a, a funny, you know, realization for me. I was like, Oh, I'm a planner for a supplier, so this is gonna be interesting at these meetings. But I did hear I did hear from some of my supplier friends that, you know, I think, and we're talking about this at CVEN even internally and with our our hotel partners, it's like venue sourcing is just so hot right now. And I'm sure like some of my, uh, you know, destination friends were saying that the RFP game right now is crazy. Like people are walking into these meetings saying, I have all these meetings that I need to book right now because this fire hose effect that I keep talking about of in-person events coming back is real. Did you guys hear anything about that from some of the partners, friends on site?
0: There was definitely a general, we saw this here and some other things we've done recently, very much anyone who is an event planner, an event you know, professional is feeling that and trying to figure out a, just the sheer volume of people who want to get back to in person and finding the space. I mean, we're even working on Connect Europe and have had some interesting conversations of what's available. Where's the right place to go? And then just that availability being there. So there definitely was that buzz of people are very excited to get back into it, but then finding the right place and at the right time has become an interesting challenge with the volume.
1: I don't know, Jamie, if you had specific examples. So it's a destination show, right? Sourcing is going to be front of mind always. What we internally call TPP, so third party partners, planners, the MICE industry, and the agencies were slightly down this year on numbers. I understand, which is funny if you think about. It, it makes sense because the market's opened. All the big guys saying, I haven't got time. I might have consolidated my internal resources. I need to use agencies to deliver my events. So they've been actually taken out through levels of activity. So they haven't got the time to go to the show. So traditionally, it's a very heavy show for that. and, And that number was down. But there was still lots and lots of sourcing activity. And our little plug here, of course, while we were there, we announced an acquisition that Civic made of um, Venue Directory, which is public. I'm allowed to say that it's public now. So we actually bought a leading UK uh, sourcing engine to plug into C-Vent Supply Network. So uh, an area clearly that we're building and getting lots and lots of traction in our European region.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I love that news. It's super important too right now, especially now more than ever. I myself, I'm sourcing like eight different things right now. And it's just like, we can fit you from 2 p.m. until 8 p.m. on this day. But that's about it. You know, we're trying our best, you know, <laughs> but it's funny. Well, let's let's talk about something fun. How is how is the networking in the parties? You gotta have had to have seen some stuff. IMAX always does cool uh, activations and cool parties.
0: What Give us the tea. We were at an upstairs venue uh, in a galleria, which when when I first walked in, I went hmm, but it turned out to be really good fun. For me, it's just meeting people for the first time. I mean, and what was great was there was one a gentleman that I met who who has started his own production company. It's a diversity-owned business. He built it with his friend. they they were over from California. And we just started talking about everything. And as, as an expat, we we're having these conversations. He ended up coming to London. I invited him to join me at, at a Jubilee party here. So I just think that what was so wonderful about all the different connections was that it happened so quickly and that there was enough of this engagement and desire to just meet new people and that sort of thing, which for someone like me, who is the first time there, it's that, you know, LinkedIn connections. But then it became it just was about getting back to the fun as well. I mean, we went to the IMAX Gala and Jamie, we were at different tables and Jamie's like, you have to come over here. There's a woman from Pittsburgh. So I walk over and Jamie was subjected to a us joking in a very heavy Pittsburgh accent and exchanging these stories. So I think that part of it, just to layer on to this, you're there for that business reason, but bringing in that level of ability to meet people, finding different ways to do that. Both on the stand and doing things at the end of the day on the trade show floor and then just what IMAX put together and then people who sponsored and partners. Um, for someone like me being the first time there, I think I got a lot more
1: out of it as a result. We have fun and work combined sometimes, right? You have to put these things together. So as the sales lead, I will get my guys out all every night. And am I'm, I'm saying, go out and get drunk. This is great. But make sure you you behave sensibly. But we go to all the venue parties. We push ourselves out and about to do networking always. And there's always a, a bunch of fringe events. And again, another, another trick to, to your listeners, always check out fringe events. You go in there for a purpose and let's do the event. But there's lots of events that hang off the ecosystem of a big event. And these fringe events are just magical sometimes. They're very good business.
2: Any that stick out to you? Like any
1: examples? I went to the gala dinner and I, I purposely went to that because I know Karina pretty well. She she invited me personally to to go to there and and sit with with this bunch of guys and girls. And it was really good fun. And the term six degrees of separation springs to mind because yeah, I met someone from Karen's city uh, next to me, which doesn't mean anything to me. So I don't know that part of the world. But I was sitting next to this lady I'd never met in my life. And she comes from north of Holland. I was chatting and she's very interesting. Uh, And um, she told me she's going on holiday to a place in the UK, which I know quite well. I said, well, I know that. And we got chatting. And it turns out, that she lived in my village five streets away from my house three years ago. And I would have met her in my local Waitrose. And I was just sat next to her. It's just craziness. But, you know, that, that's the fun of the job. You get to meet people. Yeah, but you don't know what you're going to get. And you make the most of it. I mean, the fun is we, we had Song Division. Anyone in the industry knows Song Division. We had the amazing Sam um, singing and performing with this group there. And they always, they always make you smile. They bring fun to any party. So there was lots of fun. And lots of things that obviously we don't want to talk about right now.
2: I saw Sam's pictures. Did he jump in the audience again or uh, make bring people up on stage to sing with him?
1: Of course. All of the above. But what what goes NYMEX stays NYMEX. That's all I can say.
2: Is it even a party if Sam doesn't do that?
1: Well, he has got some very, very talented other members of the band, to be fair. So he did share the love a little bit this time around. But no, of course, he has to get, he has to get on someone's shoulders.
2: Song Division does a great job at those events, for sure. They're they're an IMAX staple.
0: I will say they went a little off the traditional set that they normally do, which actually I think improved and made it even more fun. And they they seem to enjoy it too because they got to sing songs they don't usually get to sing at a at an event like that. So that was good. Might have been a little Beastie Boys in the mix.
2: Any other trends or experiences that you guys saw on site? Just like anything that people did unique at Booth's to give listeners ideas of cool activations they could have at their events?
1: Yeah, tough question. Unique's a tough one. I mean, I, I think it was... I think a lot of people were just so grateful that the event industry's back to life. They sort of stuck with what they knew. Obviously, content was rich, and as Karen alluded to, lots of sustainability, metaverse was discussed, all all what you'd expect to hear, uh, which is diversity and inclusion, all that was great, 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 great content. I mean, you get that in many events, but it's relevant to wrap it into our industry. There were VR, AR activations that we had one ourselves on the stand. So that's creeping into most shows now. I wouldn't say I, I, I wouldn't say I found anything unique there, but what was done was done well. I mean, Karen alluded we 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 spent some time on our, our stand design, and we did incorporate a small theatre ourselves. Which I've got to confess, as a, as a salesperson, I just want to speak to people, and the the notion of people walking by saying, "Hey, I might listen to something," seemed a bit random to me. And I may have given Karen and colleagues a bit of a hard time about this is is this a good idea or not? But they smashed it. It was really successful. Where people rock up. We had a silent disco so they could listen to the person talking in comfort. Okay, we offered them a cupcake and a cup of coffee. So that was a nice incentive. And they sat there and listened to things that wasn't a sales pitch. It was just about changes in in the ecosystem. You know, is hybrid a good idea? Things that were quite captivating. It wasn't just, hey, buy my stuff, because nobody wants to listen to that. So it's quite relevant and quite, quite refined. And I must confess, I stand corrected. It was really successful.
0: I just want that. That is recorded. So <laughs> we
1: have, we have proof now.
0: I've been, I'm, as Jamie was talking, I was thinking if there was anything very unique and I didn't see that. If I had to guess, I think it was that because this was probably one of the first bigger ones back that people were going to like, let's do the right things, do them well, bring in some of the activations around, you know, having a bartender flipping some drinks around or having a bit of fun within it. I also think that people are being really budget conscious as well. So what's, what are the things that are going to be impactful? Without, you know, because some of the stuff that is the most unique can end up being also expensive. I didn't see a lot of heavy big gamification, for example. Like there's some probably some opportunities to do some things with that. But I think for that kind of first time big one back, it was like, okay, let's just test the waters here, get
1: back into the rhythm.
2: Yeah, let's focus on peopling again. Let's focus on seeing people and talking. Yeah.
1: And what's wrong with that, right? I mean, the whole point of Timex is it's a big – I wouldn't say it's a big party. It's a big networking event, and that's the whole point of it. And quite frankly, that's what it delivered. So sometimes you don't need the glitz. It just did what it was there for.
2: I love walking around and just seeing random activations that people have just to give me a, a, ideas for my events um, or our events, I should say, at c I do love what you said earlier, Karen, on on the content side. And and I just want to mention to listeners that we do plan on doing a podcast about sustainability and wellness and the return to events, like all of those like DE&I stuff that those sorts of like big topics of conversation right now are are definitely on our plans. But the wellness thing is really interesting to me because you look at a show like IMAX and you just when you get back to your hotel room, sometimes at 1 a.m., you know, after partying and networking, and then you wake up in the morning at nine and do it all again, all day again the next day. But you almost forget to make time for yourself during those moments and like those wellness pods or areas or whatever it's it's a a zen lounge or a zen garden, whatever those things are. That's like being talked about a lot right now with with my peers and just figuring out okay, how do we also like at, at even connect your U.S. for example? We should talk about this for Connect Europe is. People just get exhausted. When it hit lunchtime, it's like, oh my gosh, I used to be able to go to my coffee station and get coffee and, and like power through the rest of the day just sitting at my computer. Now I actually have to like talk to people. So figuring out like other nap pods that we have at conferences. I don't know what the answer is, but you know, maybe there's just more of these lounges that pop up that help people kind of press on through the day so they can really attend the full event.
0: And the practical fact of, of it is, I, I joke, I'm an extroverted extrovert, I get my energy from people. But even I was finding that it was like that almost the cacophony. And I have a a woman I would call a friend who actually was a speaker at Connect Europe last year. And I remember her saying she actually has is neurodiverse. And she's like, I have to take myself away. So creating those spaces means the person doesn't leave. So so as an event planner, you want people to come and stay for the full event, by giving them those spaces for those that need it to just step away to your point. It's like, I'm going to go power down for 15 minutes. You know, computer turns off and then I can reboot and come back into it, I think is something that we as humans are going to have to figure out going forward. It's not going to be a moment in time because that's going to actually make sure that if you're driving people to an event and there's revenue in that, that they stay and you're getting the maximum... From a business perspective, but also just doing the right thing for us as humans.
2: Cool. Well, I want to ask one last question of you guys. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. But tell tell me a favorite moment from IMAX Frankfurt. Um, I'm going to start with Jamie first, since I started with you first last time. Karen.
1: I mean, I, I touched earlier. One of, the, I mean, maybe you're being a bit boring, but one of the one of the takeouts for me was just the the success of the show. It's been a long time when we've invested money into an event. where We come back and say that was a good event and i don't mean any disrespect to the events we've been to but imex was a great event for us we definitely showed roi we went we 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 played it smart we put the meetings in advance we did all what we normally do and we had lots of extra traffic that was just very very satisfying because you, you guys particularly know in the planning team and the events planning team the effort that goes in, even just an exhibitor. I mean, an organized event is outrageous, okay? So Imex, just go to the... Well, let's plan these events 18 months in advance, the right? They're beyond the year it, it cycle. As an exhibitor, we shouldn't just rock up. So much effort goes into that event, and you're on ten hooks that it's going to be okay on the day. And when you rock up and the stand's been built and it's looking amazing, and all your guys turn up in their little uniforms and they're all bright and ready to go, caffeined up and the doors open and in come the crowds, it's just incredibly satisfying. And I got that feeling for my MEX. and I haven't had that for a while. So that's my take on moment. It was just a great show for us.
2: It's so funny. You mentioned our, our amazing planner and Manpreet and Gargi manage this, the, the logistics of it. And you're so right. Like the, the, all the, the, the time and energy that goes into even like the smallest font size that you print on the booth it takes hours and and tons of time. You know, you gave me just another podcast idea that talking about trade show and exhibit setup because that is just like a whole world of of, of amazing things that go into that. Just when you show up at the IMAX floor, you're like, holy shit, this is amazing! They're like
1: all the booth builds and it's wild all the meetings we attended with the guys and looking at the at the screenshots and the graphics and where a bit blurry i think oh that'd be all right and you don't i don't pay as much as i possibly should and it goes through and you turn up and it's there the attention to the detail is nailed even down to the little logos on the cupcakes and you think who the hell thinks of that you know somebody does our team does somebody does right and that that was just very very satisfying
0: Wasn't right out of uni, but it was darn close to the first thing that I did. And I spent eight or nine years planning events and the devil is in the details and the people that get that, those finer points. And in many cases, it's one of those things, it's noticeable in its absence. So if the logo hadn't been on the cupcake, we might've been like, they should have put a logo on the cupcake. And we might not have thought about it because it was there. And that's the stuff that having done the job for so many years, I take value in. And I think probably for me, to your question Jamie hit on a lot of this, and and I think the audience probably, there's lots of different conversations that are longer. But for me, it was just that buzz of being back and meeting new people. And for someone who might have been their first time there, as it was for me, was just making some connections that will be valuable through my time, both for as long as I'm at this event and even beyond, and making that and listening to the types of trends and conversations that can then inform. For me, it was connection and creativity. And, and I think that so much of creative ideation and ideas come from being in a room with a bunch of other people. So, that for me was kind of my, my happy place.
2: That's awesome. Well, thank you both for joining today. I have to give one more shout out to IMEX. They're an amazing partner of ours. Karina is awesome. Um, the whole IMEX uh, organization team is awesome and just a killer event for our industry and for Cvent. I mean, we had fantastic return, but also just like reconnecting with all of our favorite people. I just, um, I was so bummed I couldn't be there, but I heard all the great stuff. So I'm living vicariously and, and the rest of the organization is too. So thank you, Karen. Thank you, Jamie, for joining the Great Events podcast today. Great stuff today. And um, I hope our listeners have gotten some stuff to take away here. So um, I hope you uh, listeners enjoyed our chat today and found some inspirations that can inspire your own programs or just celebrate that IMEX is back and that the, the industry is re- booming again. I personally am celebrating that. I'm finding, rediscovering my passion for events returning. It's, it's
0: awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Great Events, a podcast by CBUN. If you want more resources on how to make your events great, go to community.com. Cvent.com. That's community.cvent.com. Or if you've got a question for us or just want to say hi,
1: email us at greatevents@cvent.com. at cvent.com.